PulseCast is written and produced by students at SUNY New Pulse. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of SUNY New Pulse. Welcome to PulseCast, an original student-produced podcast from the campus of SUNY New Pulse. This is season one, covering everything from food to folklore. We hope you enjoy listening as much as we've enjoyed creating. Subscribe for new episodes and topics every semester. In today's episode of PulseCast, we will be discussing new media, the recent rush shooting involving Alec Baldwin, and other thoughts on set safety. We will start this episode with a roundtable with Kyle, Mary, and Anthony, and then we'll move on to an interview with independent filmmaker and production professor Megan Sperry from SUNY New Paltz. Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of Paltz Cast. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing new media, the recent Rust shooting involving Alec Baldwin, and a few other opinions of myself, Kyle, and Mary on, the, on this episode. Hi, I'm Mary. Hi, I'm Kyle. And I am Anthony. All right, so do we want to do our major? Do you guys want to say what major you are? Just to say why we're qualified a little bit? Yeah, I, um, I'm a senior. I'm a dual major with journalism and digital media production. I'm also a senior uh, in my final semester. I double major in journalism and public relations. Uh, I'm the laziest here. I'm a senior too, but I only major in journalism. All right, so let's just start talking about new media, all right? So new media is defined as any media that relies on a computer for redistribution. So like a website, something like Netflix, anything that you need a computer to redistribute information. If you guys want to get into the, the meat and potatoes here, we're going to talk about the, the most recent event, the Rust shooting. Um, there's some big topics here that we could talk about, some insane levels of ineptitude on set. Um, we could talk about if there's going to be criminal charges, which, I mean, is a possibility for sure. If you look at the New Mexico statute in terms of negligent manslaughter, um, it's, it's anything that is obviously in the word negligent, like extreme negligence. And if you look at the details of this case, there's some crazy levels of negligence that occurred. The shooting occurred on October 21st. Mm-hmm. On October 16th, there were five instances of accidental discharges of the same weapon that was used in this accidental shooting uh-huh. that, that happened. And there's multiple union members that left the set. They, they said, there's danger here. We can't do this. And they were replaced by non-union workers. And obviously this occurred just hours after that happened. So I want to get your guys' input on that. Yeah, I think it's, um, it's the crazy thing is, and it's sad, if, if that um, woman didn't die, we would have never heard about this. It's, it's really crazy that just how much is swept under the rug until there's a death. Yeah, and if you actually, I did a little, like, deeper research into it, and the woman who was in charge of, like, she's called the armorer yeah, on the set. and she was yeah. completely, like, she had no experience. No experience, and she's actually quoted on a podcast before this movie was created saying she didn't feel qualified enough to have uh-huh. the job that she had. Yeah. And that's just a crazy thing to think about. And actually, further research, the assistant director, director to this movie, his name's David Halls, mm-hmm. he was fired from a different movie for the same type of accidental discharge of a weapon on a, on a movie set. And when he was interviewed by police, multiple times he used the wrong terminology when discussing the weapon, saying, I think he called the cylinder, like, the, the chute, and he called the barrel, like, some type of, just completely incorrect terminology yeah. when discussing yeah. a weapon. Because it's not his job. It's yeah. like he was pushed into, like, there's supposed to be, like, in general, there's supposed to be three armors on every set, and if there's guns or live ammo involved. And... Every single weapon that's used is supposed to 
go through all three of those armorers and only handled by those armorers to hand to the actor. In this mm-hmm. case, there was only one armorer who didn't know what they were doing, and then an assistant director who that's like I I would never be able to handle firearms <laughs> in a set as an assistant director. Yeah, it just comes down to just having people that are unqualified. It's first of all, like you brought up, supposed to be three armorers on the set. There's only one and. Uh, the armor lacked the proper qualification, and then that's what leads to accidents like this. And it's crazy because when the gun was handed to Alec Baldwin, it was not the gun wasn't cocked. It was normal, and it was a single-action revolver. So if you pull the trigger, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. So between him pulling it out of his side holster, he must have half-cocked it at some point, and that is what ended up shooting this poor woman. And honestly, and I And the agree. director got shot, too. Absolutely. The bullet actually went through the person who passed away and hit the director. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's a crazy tragedy. But you're so right when you say that this would never have been brought up if it didn't result in a death. Yeah. And that's what's crazy because these actually happen so many times. After just doing like an hour worth of research, I found like 10 or 15 different instances of accidental discharges on a movie set mm-hmm. where you would think, how have they not learned from their mistakes and just check these weapons properly before they use them. And it's like, and that's just when you're talking about firearms, and there's been issues with that since the 90s with Brandon Lee, but if you look at it from a bigger picture too, like how many stunt people die and get injured all the time because there's not proper things set up for them to do things safely, and it's it's not worth it to get the shot in like a crappy Netflix movie like for yeah. someone's life to be lost or them to even break a leg or something. Like that's that's a huge, huge impact for, for what product. Like it's not worth it. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. It shouldn't, like I said earlier, and like you just brought up, it shouldn't take a death. It should take, you know, an injury, a minor injury where you should just uh, think about it. Like, all right, what can we do to prevent this or anything worse from happening? And a lot of, a lot of, it seems like a lot of these movie sets cut corners and, and try to get by. It's all about the bottom line, brother. That's what they think. That's how the world goes, sadly. And they you know? just, a stump person's expendable. They could get rid of a stump person and just, bring, and just the next one. bring a new stump person in. This topic is really relevant because the IATSE strikes that are going on right now, like it's very relevant to um, safety and what happened on the Rust set. Even outside of injuries on set, like the overworking, having 19, 20-hour days, yep. you have PAs getting into car accidents on the way home. You have people having complete nervous breakdowns. And it's like, for what? Like there's, for what? Like the kissing booth three? Like we need, we need people <laughs> killing themselves for that movie? No, we don't new media and the way that they just push out like sequel and project and project after project just like quantity over quality like a well-made piece that's you know handled safely and takes a little longer i'd much rather watch sit down and watch that than a bunch of things that cause problems yeah you said exactly what i was just about to say though these these companies push out quality uh sorry quantity over quality now because the way new media is set up is like you have to always have the next new thing the next uh you're always trying to find the next new popular thing and just get on the trend and then just just put out that product. It's sad to see things like this happen, um, especially with the technology that we have nowadays. There's definitely ways to prevent things like this. Um, companies, uh, these movie production companies, and um, the people that represent the, the stunt workers and all these things, they just need to they need to do better and just treat these people like they matter, which you know they do. I think it would be nice if we all gave one improvement that we'd like to see. In these, in these situations, just one thing we would change on a movie set, maybe, or a TV set, or anything, to just try and help these workers, or help overall the process become smoother and safer for everybody. Uh, I can go first, if that's alright with you guys. Yeah, for sure. Alright, so what I would do, simply, is just put our restrictions on all workers. Mm-hmm. I would, n- not like a work schedule, like when, I don't know if you guys work like a part-time job, I have to yeah. go and leave the 
schedules posted. You don't need it like that. Yeah. But just put hour limits on people. Instead of having people work 20-hour days, have them work 20 hours in three days or four days. And even though it might expedite the process in terms of making it longer, it might save a life. And honestly, what yeah. is, is 20 hours in three days or 20 hours in four days or doing 20 hours every day worth a person's life? And in my opinion, you can't make that trade. To me, it's not worth it. And I think we as a society are like way too into like content, content, content all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, there's people behind that. It's not coming out of a machine. Like it's just like, no one recognizes that. And everyone just thinks it's like a right they have as someone living in 2021. Absolutely. That's yeah. a, it's a great, great point by you. Another thing that would work would be, um, like you said, standard, there's usually three armors on a set. Um, even if you're not going to have three, you should have maybe like rotate them in and out or um, like just, just have more people there to make sure even if they're not the professional just have someone double check have someone make sure that all the equipment is is uh properly being used and like i said even if they're not professional they can see well there's a bullet in here someone be careful or can we get someone to make sure uh can we get the armor to double check triple check the work that they just checked just to make sure that nothing wrong nothing goes wrong uh we can't prevent everything from happening it's impossible to do the, to do so but uh they just have to do as best as they can in those situations. Yeah, the one thing I would change is honestly, um, a lot of these issues come down to like really like high level, like A-list stars agents overbooking them and being mm -hmm. like, okay, all of these production members signed on for a 12 week shoot. That meant they have their weekends off. They have 12 hour days, which isn't great, but that's like, that's a lot less than 20. Yeah. And then you have the agent come in and say, well, I need the shoot to only last eight weeks because this star is going to be on this set at that time. So now this 12-week production schedule is condensed into eight weeks and the entire crew is just treated like, okay, like adjust your lives for this now. Pretty much. And when you have a major movie star on a, even if it's like a low B-rated movie, yeah. like at that point, the movie star is bigger than the movie itself. Yeah. And they need that name on the movie if they want to make any money off of it. So they will accommodate to a movie star's needs. And that's, I think, an obvious point, but I just thought I'd make it really quick. Yeah, no, definitely. It's like, the in my opinion, the act, like, acting is obviously very important. Like having a charismatic, like good lead is really important, but... If you can have like that the perfect actor, but if you don't have this crew like properly lighting things, properly getting the sound, yeah. properly like making sure the set design looks good, you're not gonna have a movie that works and it's not gonna be good. So it's like we're prioritizing the least important part of the film to me, in my opinion, because I think <laughs> there's a lot of actors out there, but there's like people that really do this stuff and know on the technical level how to make things look good. Like Yeah. It it take it's it puts everyone else's lives and schedules on the back burner and they just, like you said, they accommodate to the movie star. And, of course, they're stars for a reason. But, like you said, they wouldn't be stars without without the production team, without the, the writers, the editors. They need all these people, and they need them 100% focused to put out the best product. And, and, like you said, the overbooking. Like, I've seen I've seen Chris Pratt is in, like, three new <laughs> movies at the same time. Like, I, I don't know, understand how he can even do that. But it, it's crazy how they are, like, overworked and over overscheduled on a whole bunch of different sets. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And like the point I want to like really drill home is the fact that we live in a world where so much technology is made available and so much information is seen on the Internet. The fact that these accidents still happen at such a high rate is absolutely preposterous and ridiculous. Um, I don't know. I feel like these unions, I know they, they try their best, but they need to do a little bit better in, in helping these people and yeah. keeping them safe because this is insane. I agree. Um, it's it's hard. Like you said, it's hard to believe these things still happen. Um we, we have the proper, I, I would assume, you know, that we have what we need to ensure that these sets are safe 
and to make sure that these people's lives aren't in mass danger, you know, getting shot, getting killed. These things should not be happening on movie sets. I understand you want to make the best movie and make a lot of money off of the movie, but you have to ensure that these people's lives are, are safe. Now, we will be speaking with SUNY New Pulse professor and independent filmmaker Megan Sperry about some firsthand experiences working in production. All right, today we have Megan Sperry with us. Uh, can you just introduce yourself first? Sure. I'm Megan Sperry, and I am a assistant professor of digital media production at SUNY New Paltz, and I'm also a documentary filmmaker. All right. Uh, we have a couple questions for Megan today. Uh, the first one's going to be, what have been some of the biggest concerns uh, while working on a set? Um, well, I fortunately have been working mostly independently for the past I'd say 10 years but prior to that I did work on set and most of the sets I worked on were smaller independent um, productions as well so luckily I have um, experienced pretty good you know environments while working on set but I have heard horror stories from peers or colleagues or friends or, you know, people that I went to grad school with or people, you know, that I met along the way. Um, personally, as a female filmmaker, one of the things that I have experienced uh, has been, you know, mansplaining and people coming up to me telling me how to use my camera, my own personal mm -hmm. camera, or, oh, maybe you should stand over here and get this shot. And um, so that can be frustrating and you feel a little, you know, belittled on mm -hmm. set. But I usually just kind of push back and, you know, say like, hey, this is my camera. I know how to use it, you mm -hmm. know, and try to nip it in the bud before it kind of gets too far ahead. Have there ever been any instances where you may have felt unsafe on set? Well, you know, sometimes the films that I make are uh, social justice documentary films. And there's definitely been moments where I've been out in a questionable area with a lot of gear and worried for my safety or, you know, worried for my gear or, or worried for the other people that I'm working with. As far as, you know, physically feeling like I'm going to be uh, attacked or... Um, unsafe in that way I've you know always kind of been okay what do you think the biggest concerns the industry is facing right now like what do you think are some of the big stuff that really needs to be fixed like right away sure so I mean right now we're at a pivotal moment in the industry and part of that is there's a couple of things that are intersecting and you know prior to COVID um, there was a groundswell around Me Too, right? And there was a lot of pushback post-Weinstein and all of this, right? So there was a lot of um, movement there. And then uh, COVID happened and all of the productions got shut down, whether it was new, you know, broadcast or uh, TV, film, whatever. And so people were out of work and they were at home. And, you know, how how are they going to get back to work? And I think one of the things that was kind of good about this, about COVID and everything kind of getting shut down was that people had a moment to breathe and kind of reflect on like what this life was that they were doing. And, you know, you've got people, <clears throat> no matter what department they're working in on a set, um, you know, some things are seasonal, some things are, you know, 
just like, oh, you're shooting a reality show or you're shooting a film or whatever. And it's all kind of like, you know, uh, work that happens for a, a certain amount of time. Right. And then you have some downtime and then you're on to the next project. And people are like, I don't want to work 18 to 20 hour days anymore. Like, I don't I don't want to have that quality of life where I'm away from my family for six months shooting in Siberia or wherever. You know what I'm saying? So like people had a moment to pause and reflect. And then also with COVID comes, uh, you know, people having to follow COVID compliance, right? Coming back to work. And like, I have a friend who's a a lighting designer and he works on a couple of shows in the city and he was having to get up at four o'clock in the morning, sign on, take uh, his temperature in front of his screen to show the nurse that he didn't have a temperature so that he could go into work. And then, you know, it's like all of this extra stuff you're having to do just to show up to work. And of course, people want to be working and they want to be safe. um, But they also don't want to be taken advantage of. And so this is where the whole IATSE conversation started to swell because people are like, yeah, I want to do my job and I want to work, but I don't want to get sick. I don't want to die. I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? So, and, you know, recently we saw that there was, um, a really bad tragic accident on a set, you know, with a gun. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's like at what cost, right? So this is the question that people are asking now. I guess the, the thing that I would say is like, you know, anybody can make a movie, right? If you have a cell phone in your pocket and you have a good story, like you can make a movie, right? There's so many tools that you have at your fingertips. Um, But what we need now is quality, right? We need innovation. We need people telling stories that are going to help, um, you know, play into this idea of change, this idea of advocacy this idea of diversity right and and helping to share with other people that you know there are human beings that have uh real stories to tell yeah okay um thank you for coming on with us megan uh is there anything else that you would like to share any upcoming projects or anything like that well i just finished a short film uh called serendipitous spill which is a documentary about a bike accident that I had in August 2020 and I'm working on a documentary about affordable housing options for formerly incarcerated mothers right now hopefully that'll be done by next summer and um, I have a couple of other ideas that I'm thinking about for what's next but that's about it my plate's a little full right now (laughs) All right. Again, thank you for joining us on Pulsecast. Thank you. Thank you. We'd like to thank our guests this week for helping us explore the world of film sets and safety. While there is still a lot of work to be done, there are people who are in this industry actively trying to make a positive change and are making a difference every day. This episode of Pulsecast was brought to you by SUNY New Pulse's DMJ 393 podcasting class. Special thanks to Ed and Gina Carroll for their generous support. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every semester.